Ja, mine damer og herrer. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to, and dear guests and dear shareholders, welcome here to the AGM of F.L. Smith here in 2022. It's a pleasure to have you here. And again, this year, I mean, as we, hadn't, we haven't been able to do the last couple of years, we can have a good old-fashioned physical AGM this year. So, uh, my first task is on behalf of the board, we have the uh, mandate to appoint the chairman of the meeting under the Articles of Association. And as in previously, as I think the last 20 years or so, we have picked Klaus Sugar, attorney at law. So over to you, Klaus. Thank you very much. You make me feel so old, but it's true. It's been a long series of years. My first job is to take a look at the formalities. Has the meeting been duly and lawfully convened? And are we correct? And I can promise you I check before I arrive. That is the case, but I just want to mention some of the details that we need to comply with. First of all, there are requirements from Danish stock exchange law, company law, and also the articles of association of the company. And one main requirement is to have the meeting in the greater Copenhagen area before the end of April, and both things are okay. The convening notice must appear with between three and five weeks notice, and this is done via the company's website, via separate notice to those who have so requested, and by a company release. This was convened on the 1st of March, so everything is in order. With regard to the items on the agenda this year, there's one item that has to do with an amendment of the Articles of Association, that is 8.2. It has to do with an increase of the share capital, and since this is an amendment, there must be a majority of minimum two-thirds of the votes plus minimum two-thirds of the voting stock must vote in favor. It may look as if not very many people are interested in attending AGMs. We are 60 people in the room, perhaps. Ten years ago, we filled one of the big conference halls in Copenhagen. But the thing is that very many people vote in advance by means of the forms and proxies that are now used very much. 148 have asked for admission cards. 112 of them are shareholders. They represent approximately 54 million votes. Out of the 112, 44 were present in the room four or five minutes ago. 231 have voted in advance by means of these uh, forms for proxies. They represent 390 million votes. Very few, only eight voted by means of postal votes. They only account for 35,000 votes. And the difference between a postal vote and a proxy is that you cannot recall a postal vote. That's the problem about it. But the positive is that you can actually file it until the day before, whereas proxies by means of forms have to uh, be with us three days in advance. More than 90% of those that have voted in advance, and that is the big majority here, have given their support to the proposals from the board of directors on all items. So there's no doubt about the outcome of the votes. That shouldn't prevent us from having a good discussion, but it's just that we may not have to uh, go through the fairly time-consuming voting process. But let's see what happens. Let's go to the more interesting details, the agenda itself where we will first hear the report from the Board of Directors, and in this connection we will have a presentation and approval of the annual report. This will be dealt with by the chairman of the board, who will also go over the uh, recommendations of the board in relation to these items. Then we will have a debate, and I will conclude on the basis of our debate. So I give the floor now to the chairman of the board. Thank you, Klaus. When I, when I spoke from this uh, podium last year, the world was battling to get through the COVID-19 pandemic. This year, we're extremely pleased to see that the situation has improved in most parts of the world. And while the pandemic continues to pose challenges, handling it has become an integrated part of how we do business. However, just as we started to think that the business environment was getting close to normal, war broke out in Europe something that most of us thought never would happen in our lifetime. 
we strongly condemn the Russian invasion of Ukraine. This uh, unprovoked action is a violation of international and humanitarian law. Our hope is that the war will end soon and that peace can return. We are deeply saddened by the tragic developments in Ukraine. Our thoughts are with all the people who unwillingly have been affected by this. We are closely, constantly following the involvement of the disturbing situation in Ukraine, Russia, and Belarus, and we'd like to express our solidarity with all the suffering people in this massive, growing humanitarian crisis. We are pleased to report that all of SFL's employees in Ukraine, Belarus, and Russia are safe, and we remain in frequent contact with them so we know where they are and what their needs are. Now, and in order to support relief efforts in the immediate area, F.L. Smith has donated two million kroner through a Danish national fundraising effort together for Ukraine. There's two different media, DR and TV2, and a dozen humanitarian organizations, UNICEF, Red Cross, Doctors Without Borders, and Save the Children. F.L. Smith has decided not to conclude any new business agreements in Russia and Belarus, and in a responsible manner to wind down our activities in Russia. So, mining and cement industries are not comprised by the current sanctions, but we do. We are obliged to. We are obliged to fulfill our legal obligations regarding ongoing activities and contracts. We are following all international sanctions, and if our current business is affected by newly imposed sanctions, our activities will be adapted accordingly with immediate effect. As you can imagine, the board and the executive management have spent a long time discussing the situation in Russia. I'm happy to tell you we have decided that any net profit generated in 2022 from our activities in Russia and Belarus will be donated in their entirety to humanitarian purposes. All profits will go to humanitarian purposes. F.L. Smith delivered a solid performance in 2021. Despite the challenges presented by the pandemic and Constraints on the global supply chain, order intake, revenue, and EBITDA increased substantially over 2020, and we generated cash flow, strong cash flow from operations. On behalf of the board directors and the group executive management, I'd like to thank all employees of F.L. Smith for an extraordinary effort during another year of global uncertainty. The resilience, ingenuity, and passion for serving our customers, well, that's really what has been the driving factor for the solid performance of F.L. Smith in 2021, and it's thanks to our employees. 2021 had many significant events. I'd like to comment on the most significant ones. So we signed an agreement to make the biggest acquisition in our history, the ThyssenKrupp mining business that we acquired. This transaction is awaiting for the traditional authority approvals, and is expected to be closed in the second half of 2022. This will position F.L. Smith as one of the strongest suppliers in the mining industry with complete pit-to-plant flow sheet solutions driving sustainable productivity. The integration process is on track. We are pleased to uh, recently have received authority approval of the purchase in important mining markets such as Australia, South Africa, Peru, and Chile without any reservations or restrictions. We have also received authority approval in Canada and Morocco, for instance. To fund the acquisition, we successfully, successfully issued new shares, uh, new shares, shares worth 1.4 billion in 2021. We appreciate the trust shown by our shareholders in this regard. We see significant growth potential from this acquisition because it will transform Evel Smith to becoming predominantly a mining company. 
That being said, our other business area, the cement business, shown uh, a good 2021 after a challenging 2020. With the urgent need to accelerate the global society towards a greener future, we believe that our cement business holds attractive potential in the medium term and the long term. After almost nine years at the helm, Thomas Schulz stepped down as the group CEO of FL Smith. I'd like to thank Thomas Schulz for his strong leadership over the years. Thanks to Thomas and his team, FL Smith today is a better, more focused company with a promising long-term potential. With effect from the 1st of January 2022, Miko Keto has taken over as group CEO. This has really been a smooth, well-planned transition. Miko's leadership skills, comprehensive industry insights, proven track record in driving profitability will be a competitive advantage and will help us unfold our mission zero potential. Our strategy remains unchanged. We are on the right track. We continue to be a leading supplier of sustainable productivity solutions to the global mining and cement industries. The climate agenda. Well, that really got a bigger importance in 2021. The global society is at a critical juncture juncture when it comes to limit global warming warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. I mean, that increase is to be below 1.5 uh, degrees. Many governments and companies have increased their carbon emission reduction pledges and commitments. This is a step in the right direction, but more decisive action is required. That was also clear at the COP26 climate summit at the end of 2021 whereas F.L. Smith had a prominent presence with our flagship Mission Zero program. Acceleration of the green transition, where it's for electric vehicles or renewable energy, that will drive greater demand for more sustainable minerals such as copper, lithium, and other battery metals and green cement. The cement industry accounts for 7 or 8% of global CO2 emissions and 75% of the infrastructure required in 2050, where cement plays an important role, has not yet been built. F.L. Smith considers these challenges a great opportunity. Together with our partners and our customers, we will work relentlessly to help decarbonize these hard-to-abate industries by bringing new technologies and innovations to the global mining and cement industries. In 2021, we experienced increased interest in many of our Mission Zero flagship solutions. This is essential for driving the green transition in mining and cement, since 99% of total CO2 emissions in our value chain is downstream. It's our customers' use of our products that generate that. In 2021, we introduced the visionary Mission Zero Mine. This is a roadmap for our R&D work towards zero emissions in mining. Furthermore, our mining business in 2021 received new orders, one new orders, a new lithium extraction facility in Argentina, and key mineral processing technologies for major copper producers in Chile, and we've been selected as the technical partner and supplier for a phosphate beneficiation plant in the Middle East. Our cement business has also seen significant process progress for sustainability solutions. We've accelerated our carbon capture solutions. We cooperate with Carbonate and Chart Industries and with Heidelberg Cement on the world's first carbon capture installation in cement in Norway. Furthermore, we have received an order to install the first, the first full-scale clay calcination system in Europe, aiming to cut CO2 emissions by 16% with a cement customer in France. We have received orders for Greenfield Project in India, a waste to energy solution in Indonesia, digitalization of three cement lines in West Africa, and a new pyroline in Peru. Sustainability, well, it's an embedded part of our culture and our business model. 
In 2021, our science-based targets were validated, confirming that uh, we aim to be carbon neutral in our own operations by 2030. That's what we call scope one and two. And we will cut our downstream economic intensity, that's scope three, by 56% uh, from 2019. We'll do this by delivering mission zero solutions, and they will reduce customer-associated CO2 emissions. We are proud to be one of the first companies in Denmark and in our industry in general to join uh, and really have our science-based targets validated. The new EU taxonomy, the new classification system, will drive more investments towards sustainable projects. And this presents a strong business opportunity for FL Smith with our Mission Zero program. This year, this is the first time we are reporting our so-called eligibility. What is that? Well, it's how many of our business activities are within the scope of the EU taxonomy. A lot of our business activity at the present is not within the taxonomy, the EU taxonomy and within that framework. But we do expect the percentage of our eligible business activities to increase significantly when the EU taxonomy is fully implemented in the coming years as our mission zero solutions are developed and expanded. Our in-house sustainability performance has progressed in several areas in 2021, including diversity, and a CO2 intensity from our own operations. In 21, we published for the first time a detailed country-by-country -country tax report. It was a shareholder proposal, proposal at last year's general meeting that made us decide to look at the possibility for country-by-country -country reporting. In 21, F.L. Smith has assessed this and concluded that it was possible to disclose certain tax information for some countries. This is information you can find in our 2021 tax report, where you can also see that F.L. Smith makes a significant tax contributions in the countries in which we operate. We believe the level of detail in the tax report is the most suitable for our company at the current point in time. If we compare with many other industries, the mining industry continued to be largely resilient against the pandemic in 21. Despite several ways of lockdowns and global supply chain challenges, the mining industry has benefited from high commodity prices and high production rates. This is driven by global economic development and increasing demand for minerals for the green transition. Many customers in 2021 throughout 2021 have introduced safety protocols and restricted side access for external service provider to safeguard production and the safety of employees. This has imp impacted demand for technical solutions, including postponements of ladder upgrades and retrofits. Uh, we see attractive opportunities from this once the market normalizes. The cement industry, let's take a look at that. It has been affected more by the pandemic. It is still impacted by overcapacity and underutilization. So there are a few new uh, installations. Cement is sensitive to general economic growth. And there are significant regional differences. This has been further enhanced by the pandemic. But we do see an increase in interest in green solutions for decarbonization and de-bottlenecking of cement plants. Despite the challenging market conditions, we delivered solid performance in 2021. We got six large orders and a book to bill of 109% for the whole year. The market conditions were challenging because of the pandemic and the global supply chain crisis. But handling this has become an integrated part of how we do business. Thanks to our agile and flexible supply chain coupled with easing pandemic restrictions during the second half of 2021, we saw the whole year of 2021 generating organic revenue uh, growth of 8%, mainly driven by mining. Revenue from capital orders increased 14%, primarily driven by mining capital revenue, which increased 21%. Service revenue 
grew 2%, which reflects the challenging market conditions, in particular in the beginning of 2021, where restricted access to customer sites and lockdowns were a challenge in relation to order execution. Service revenue accounted for 57% of total revenue compared to 60% the year before. Gross profit increased by 8% and EBITDA increased by 34% as a result of higher revenue and operating leverage. The EBITDA margin improved to 5.9% from 4.7% in 2020 with improvements in both mining and cement. Adjusted for costs related to the acquisition of Tuesday Group's mining business, the EBITDA margin was 6.5%. Mining had good profitability uh, throughout 2021, whereas cement was slightly loss-making for the full year. But in the second half of 2021, cement returned to a positive EBITDA for the first time since early 2020, driven by higher revenue, lower costs relating to the reshaping of cement, and improvements from already executed reshaping activities. Profit for the year increased 74% to 357 million krona because of the solid revenue growth and uh, EBITDA margin. Cash remains our core focus, and with a net working capital ratio of 6% at year end, we delivered a cash flow of operations from operations of 1.4 billion in 2021. Key drivers behind the performance in 2021 where continued good momentum in mining and improvements in our cement business. We managed to uh, handle the global supply chain pressure as we've had the flexibility to switch between suppliers and used local sourcing. This gave us a relatively low impact from the capacity constraints in global transportation. Also, the impact of increased raw materials, input costs and freight costs was largely mitigated through the close collaboration we have with suppliers and customers. Order intake in mining was up 4% despite a strong comparison period, which includes three large capital orders with a combined value of around 2.4 billion Danish kroner in the first quarter of 2020. Service orders and capital orders accounted for 58%, respectively 42% of the mining order intake. Mining revenue rose 10%, service revenue and capital revenue increased by 4% and 21% respectively. EBITDA was up 18% to 1 billion and 49 million kroner, and the corresponding EBITDA margin increased by 0.6 percentage points because of an improved gross margin and operating leverage from the increase in revenue. EBITDA included costs related to the acquisition of Tusenkrupp Mining of 107 million kroner. Adjusted for these costs, the EBITDA margin came to 9.9%. In the cement business, the order intake grew 4% to 5,952,000,000 in 2021, driven by an 80% increase in service orders. This is reflective of a strong development considering the challenging market circumstances and an increasing demand for green solutions. In revenue for 2021, there are two large orders in France and India included with a combined value of 400 million kroner and a series of small to medium-sized sustainability-related orders. Service orders and capital orders accounted for 58%, respectively 42% of the cement order intake. Cement revenue increased by 1%, service revenue declined by 2%, capital revenue increased by 4%. The first half of the year was impacted by a low backlog and site restrictions. But conditions gradually improved over the year with easing pandemic impact and increased site access, supporting improved performance in the second half of 2021. EBITDA in cement improved compared to the year before but remained slightly loss-making for the full year. This reflects the largely flat revenue development and the reshaping of the cement business during the year. The corresponding EBITDA margin was minus 0.3% compared to uh, minus 2% the year before. A strong cash focus led to a significant reduction in networking capital and net debt. 
As a result of the completed issue of new shares, the financial gearing decreased to minus 0.6x from 1.6x in 2020. The financial gearing remains below our capital structure target of two times net interest-bearing debt to EBITDA. Equity advanced by 2.2 billion kroner, mainly related to the issue of new shares and the improved profit for the year. Currency adjustments regarding translation of foreign entities also added to equity. The equity ratio came to 45%, which is well above our long-term capital structure target of minimum 30%. Adjusted for the issue of new shares, the equity ratio came to 38.8%. As previously mentioned, the rationale of the new share issue was to ensure appropriate funding of the transformative acquisition of ThyssenKrupp's mining business. The Board of Directors proposes a dividend of three kroner per share, representing a total payout of 173 million kroner and a dividend yield of 1.2%. This corresponds to a payout ratio of 48%, and this is in line with our targeted payout ratio of between 30 and 50%. Before looking at our financial outlook for 2022, let me briefly first touch upon the situation in Russia and Ukraine and the possible impact it will have on our business. Our guidance for 2022 remains unchanged despite the decline in Russian activities. We had expected around 1.5 billion kroner in revenue from Russia in 2022, but this will be lower because of the war. It's still early in the year, and we are working on mitigating actions and efforts and looking at other geographies. In addition to the Ukraine-Russia situation, the outlook for 2022 for our two end markets remains very different. And in connection with the annual report 2021, we introduced separate guidance for mining and cement, respectively. Let's look at mining first. We remain positive with regard to the mining industry, where commodity prices are high and mine sites are running at high production levels. The global economic development and the green transition will require the mining industry to scale up on investments to meet the long-term demand for minerals. For 2022, the mining business revenue and EBITDA are expected to grow. We are guiding for mining revenue of between 12 and 13 Danish a billion Danish kroner and a mining EBITDA margin of between 85 and 9.5%. The mining EBITDA margin is expected to be impacted by a higher share of capital revenue, higher logistics costs and inflation. It includes around 110 million in integration costs until the closing of the ThyssenKrupp mining business transaction. We expect closing to take place in the second half of 2022. The cement industry continues to face overcapacity and slow recovery in the short term. There are good opportunities in the mid to long term, fueled by large economic stimulus packages, which are expected to increase the demand for green solutions in the cement industry. After a year of reshaping, we expect the cement business to return to positive EBITDA in 2022. We are guiding for cement revenue, revenue of between 5.5 and 6 billion Danish kroner and a cement EBITDA margin of 1-2%. The cement EBITDA margin is expected to be impacted by higher logistics costs and inflation. We expect an improvement in the midterm for the cement industry driven by increased demand for sustainability solutions. So for the total group, we expect revenue between 7.5 and 19 billion Danish kroner and an EBITDA margin of between 6 and 7%. The financial guidance for 22 for the F.L. Smith Group covers, well, the group alone and excludes the impact from the combination with ThyssenKrupp's mining business. It includes around 110 million kroner in integration costs, as I said before, until the transaction has uh, been closed. We expect to publish a new financial guidance after the transaction closes, which is expected in the second half of 2022. There 
is a lot of uncertainty in relation to the guidance for 2022 because of the pandemic, global supply chain situation, and geopolitical turmoil. Beyond managing our two businesses, which each pursue a strategy and cost structure most appropriate to their market environment, we are deeply committed to ensuring a smooth integration of ThyssenKrupp's mining business into the F.L. Schmidt Group and on building an even stronger brand for the green future. In addition, we will focus on driving operational excellence to deliver improved financial performance. So let's say a bit about the uh, remuneration of border management. In accordance with the recommendations of the Committee on Corporate Governance, I'll review and briefly comment on the remuneration of the executive management and the board directors. Let me start by saying that in 2021, we have seen no deviations from the general remuneration guidelines adopted by the shareholders at the AGM. The group executive management, comprising the CEO and the CFO that are registered with the Danish Business Authority, received a total remuneration of 39 million compared with 18.6 million Danish kroner. In 2020, the remuneration was low because of the negative impact of the pandemic. So uh, they didn't comply with the incentive programs. In 2021, remuneration increased due to target fulfilling on incentive programs and then obviously the severance package agreed with the former CEO. The basic monthly salary was adjusted by 2.4% for the group executive management in 2021. The payout under the short-term incentive program is above target based on average achievement of the financial KPIs. That's order intake, its revenue, contribution margin, EBITDA, and CFFO. In 2021, management received no payout for the long-term incentive program for the performance period 2018 to 2020. For two out of the three active long-term incentive programs, we expect no payout. The KPIs for the executive, ma executive management's performance in 2021 is EBITDA margin, total shareholder return, and sustainability-linked KPI, and that's a change to the years before. In uh, continuation of the release of the annual report for 2021 and in line with previous years, the board expects to grant conditional shares to a limited amount of people comprising the group executive management and key employees. The targets for 2022 in the long-term incentive program uh, will relate directly to the company's sustainability ambitions. Vesting and granting will be conditional on the achievement of targets relating to the EBITDA margin, total shareholder return, and mission zero. The total remuneration to the board directors amounted to 6.5 million uh, in 2021, and it was 6.4 million in 2020. This increase uh, relates only to social security costs. And the board proposes that the remuneration of to the members of the board is unchanged in 2022. Furthermore, we carry out a self-evaluation to assess the uh, contribution of the individual member of the board. The chairman is in charge, and uh, uh, the result, the outcome for 2021 was satisfactory in that assessment. In 2022, well, it's a special year, isn't it? is the 140th anniversary of the company. While many things have changed since 1882, our passion to discover and to renew, to innovate, our commitment to customers, and most importantly, the talent dedication of our people, they have been at the heart of every achievement made since day one. It's been exciting to be part of this journey at a time in history when the focus on sustainability across every business sector, including mining and cement, has never been higher. Following my 11 years as chair and 13 years on the board, I've decided to step down and not seek re-election. Our current vice chair, Tom Knudsen, is nominated as the new chair, and our CEO, Matt Snipper, who is here in the first row, Mass Nibber is nominated to join the board and assume the role of vice chair. Tom Knudsen has been a member 
of the board of F.L. Smith and Company AS since 2012. He has chaired the audit committee and had been a member of the nomination and compensation committee. Tom Knudsen's distinguished career includes his current, career, current role as CEO of Jungbundslauer Swiss AG, from which he has resigned. He'll resign here at the end of 2022. He's been the CEO of Danisco, the CEO of NKC Holding, and he's held uh, board positions as Nordea Bank, Christian Augustinus Fabriker, Tivoli AS, and Chivaudin as A. I'm very happy to pass it on to Tom. Mas Nipper. Well, he is the current CEO of Uster, the multinational power company that we all know. He has strong international background within renewable energy, energy efficiency, water management, and water conservation. And they are really the core of our Mission Zero program. I'd like to thank the executive management and my colleagues on the board for a good collaboration over the years. It's been an honor to have served as chair, and I'm proud of all the things we've achieved together. I'd so like to thank our shareholders for their support and take this opportunity to welcome our new investors that we have uh, obtained through 2021. Welcome to, uh, to you, to F.L. Smith. As always, the biggest thank goes to the group's employees. They've shown such fantastic ability to adapt in times that put us to the test. F.L. Smith has had many different roles in its 140 years history. The most important role still lies ahead fueling the green transition with sustainably mined minerals and meeting future infrastructure demands with zero emission cement. Our success in sustainability solutions depends on our people, their skills, innovative ideas and engagement. 140 years of extraordinary discoveries have helped shape the world as we know today, and I see great opportunities for F.L. Smith in the future. Thank you. Thank you. As I said, it is now possible to put questions and comments to the board, and I do have a list of speakers already. First, as per tradition, Leif Guntoft, on behalf of the uh, Employee uh, Association, has asked for the floor. You have the floor, sir. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to speak here. My name is Leif Guntoft and I'm the chair of the Employee Association for the Danish activities of F.L. Smith, so it is a privilege for me to be allowed to speak on behalf of my colleagues at this AGM. Corona still causes problems here and there on the globe. We know that, but fortunately for us in Denmark, Corona has let go a bit from the strong uh, grip it had on our society, and we are pleased for the first time in my time as chair to be able to meet person to person at an AGM. I'm so pleased about this. A lot of changes are taking place, as Vaughan also explained. Recently, we have seen developments in Europe that none of us could possibly uh, know were coming, and it's difficult to predict about the future now. We have many good colleagues that have been affected by developments of the situation in Russia and Ukraine, either directly or indirectly. And in Denmark, we, of course, wish all the best for these colleagues and their loved ones. We have had several years with travel restrictions, and we are pleased at long last to be able to get out there again and meet our customers eye to eye. Meetings on teams are OK. and can give some help in relation to limited travel time, etc. But it is not the same as traveling all over the world and meeting people, because it also shows us all that we are a global business, and we are proud of the place we call work. F.L. Smith is undergoing change. With the acquisition of TKS, our mining business grows considerably from perhaps two-thirds of revenue to 80% or thereabouts. This means, of course, that cement is likely to feel smaller after the acquisition. 
but we welcome as a company all the new colleagues that we will be getting and we will do an earnest effort to achieve good cooperation and find out together what it is like to be an FLS person, whether it's in mining or cement, whether it's in Denmark or somewhere else abroad. In Denmark, things are going well in the national economy and we see a labor market that is extremely busy, which means that the management of SL Smith will need to do an extra effort to attract and retain employees. We talk to management about this and we talk about many of the parameters that make this such a good way, place to work. It's important for our motivation and for our understanding of ourselves that we can be seen to be active players in some of the interesting activities that help make our solutions greener and more environmentally friendly, not only in cement, but also in mining and also on the Mission Zero journey. As Vaughn said, uh, F.L. Smith has been around for many years, 140 years in fact. It's a Danish business and it has proud and strong traditions. In addition to technical innovation and excellence, which has been hallmarks for us throughout decency is extremely important in relation to our values. We expect to behave with decency, not only as employees, but also as a business and as part of the world that we exist in. And we do that by working together, respect diversity, be at the cutting edge in relation to change, be it social, financial or technical. It is difficult to predict about the future, but time and time again, F.L. Smith has proven that it can change with times. This bears witness of a strong culture that is a strong foundation for the business, and I have dedicated and competent colleagues that help meet the challenges. We can be proud of them. And to Vaughan personally, I have not been on the board for a long time, but it has been a pleasure to be given such a kind and good reception and all the best in future. So on behalf of the employees, I wish the company a safe, sustainable and successful year. Thank you for your attention. Yet. Thank you. Live Gontoft on behalf of the employees and now we will now hear from Klaus Wienbler from ATP, the Danish Labour Market Supplementary Pension Fund. Thank you. As you heard, I'm Klaus Wienbler and I represent ATP. Let me start by thanking the chairman for the report and the presentation of the financial statements for 2021. 2021 was a year with many big events in F.L. Smith. First of all, the acquisition of TK Mining is really going to add to revenue and it's positive that the company participates in the consolidation of the industry and strengthens its market position. If the promised synergies are realized, there's going to be a great potential in that transaction. But we must also say that this is also a transaction that increases the risk in the company. There's an approval process that's still ongoing, and it's really a turnaround for TK Mining all other things being equal, it makes the transaction more risk-prone. It's going to be interesting to follow the integration of the two companies. It's important that whenever it's possible that F.L. Smith is able to increase transparency so that as an investor we can see whether integration is going in the right direction so we can have a real insight into projects that are taken over in connection with TK Mining. The acquisition of TK Mining and that was a capital increase that was made, well done, but um, 
obviously the unrest that we have seen in the world has had a negative effect on the share price. And that brings me to my next comment, the situation in Ukraine. F.L. Smith has said, and that's fine, they start stopping all new activities in Russia, but that ongoing orders will be executed as long as they're not comprised by sanctions. And we heard today that the company will donate any profits made to humanitarian uh, purposes. So all companies must comply with sanctions, that's obvious. We also have clear expectation that the individual company understands its responsibility and is willing to take difficult decisions and that may become necessary. That being said, the concrete situation that di different companies have can be very different with their activities in Russia. It's my clear point of view that as an outsider, we have to be careful. We shouldn't believe uh, we have the answer um, when it comes to seeing what the consequences will be for Russia of a given action. We know the situation in Ukraine and Russia changes overnight, and that makes it even more difficult to navigate. F.L. Smith operates in cement and mining. Both of these emit large quantities of CO2. With a mission zero strategy, F.L. Smith has set ambitious goals. The ambition is to deliver CO2 neutral technologies for mining and cement by 2030. That will be a huge performance if you can succeed with that. If you can succeed with Mission Zero, that's really make, going to make a big difference when it comes to reducing greenhouse gases. And it will also be an advantage in competition. The potential is there. And green transition and good financial results can go hand in hand. We can see that. And that's why also we are going to monitor F.L. Smith's efforts to reach their goal with Mission Zero by 2030. And finally, uh, you have announced considerable changes to um, board management, and I'd like to more formally welcome Mr. Cato and as the new CEO, and to thank Thomas Schulz for many years of good work for the company. I'd also like to thank Vaughn Sorensen for many years of work for the company. And I'd like to welcome Tom Knudsen as new chairman of the board and Mats Nibber as newly elected, coming newly elected board member and new vice chair of the board. This uh, replacement is, uh, the way I see it, a good combination of continuity and adding new good forces to the board. So, I wish board and management and all employees a successful 2022. We look forward to seeing how developments are going in F.L. Smith. Thank you for your attention. Thank you very much, Mr. Wienblad. Before we hear the next speaker, I will give the floor to the chairman of the board, Vaughan Sørensen. Thank you. Just to say thank you for the comments. Thank you to Leif Guntoft for his presentation on behalf of the Employee Association. Thank you for the kind words and for good cooperation. And also on a more personal note, thank you for the kind words. And as far as Mr. Wienblad is concerned, thank you very much for your contribution and the very uh, observant comments about the opportunities out there for us, but also the risks. And thank you for your support and thank you for good cooperation with you over the years. And the chairman of the meeting, thank you very much. The next speaker also represents an institutional investor, a pension fund. Yeah, I know, I, I, I saw you, I, but I believe I had seen you, so I knew you were in the room. You had the floor, sir. Thank you. I am Troels Berg, and I speak today on behalf of LDE funds and the Academics Pension Fund. We have just over 200 million kroner invested in F.L. Smith. This presentation is 
written and given under very unusual circumstances. We are living in times of great uncertainty. We have a destructive war in Ukraine, and many questions are raised that we don't know the answers to yet, not only as personal individuals, but also as shareholders, employees. What can we do? How will it end? What should we do? LD funds and academics pension understand the frustration and anger behind the wish of put as much pressure as possible on the Russian state. They are killing civilians. They are trying to force Ukraine to its knees. And understandably, that anger is also directed at at F.L. Smith and other companies. There must be communication about important social issues and among them the ongoing war. And sometimes criticism is raised that is too sharp and too uh, focused. But the business of Danish companies in Belarus and Russia were established in times when we all believed that trade was the key to peaceful coexistence. But things have changed and we need to handle the situation in the best possible manner and hope for the best outcome. That said, we also understand some of the criticism that has been raised against F.L. Smith recently. As we said directly to management prior to today's meeting, we feel that in the past year we have seen several examples of F.L. Smith having gone far in its efforts to win business and market shares. It's a balancing act. You want to make money, but you should always be careful not to uh, disturb the balance. Sometimes in autocratic regimes, there are companies that are very close to the powers that be. There are sometimes uh, a lack of understanding for the situation locally. It is well known that the industry, the mining industry, is not for weak souls. F.L. Smith has also adopted policies for uh, responsible corporate behavior and is in accordance with the well-known guidance principles issued by the UN, and they comply. But as we see it, there have been examples of a very narrow interpretation by F.L. Smith of his own responsibilities, so the good intentions don't really hold water. Also, there has been some uncertainty recently with regard to the pipeline and business opportunities of F.L. Smith. So we need to know more about the current exposure and future uh, roadmap of F.L. Smith and what principles the present management will comply with in future. We would like to know more about the challenges to the company's responsibility and the connection between word and action. We have had a dialogue with the company for some period already, and we look forward to a continued dialogue after the AGM. Last year, we tabled for the first time a motion for resolution at the AGM. It was about transparency, because one of the big problems is to make sure that there's always money enough because there's a long list of things that need to be dealt with. And uh, here, tax is very important. Making sure that companies pay fair tax in the company where they make their money is something that has been in the public limelight. We don't suspect F.L. Smith of being tax evasive, but we think that there should be growing transparency about the company's tax payments on a country-by-country country basis, and that resolution was passed last year. We have made the same proposal in a number of Danish businesses, but we, too, do not suspect anybody of anything. Then why do we make the proposal? Because we believe that transparency about tax payments in companies is one of the ways to drive a positive development, and someone has to take the, the, the uh, to, to be at the helm. Maybe it could be F.L. Smith. Transparency is perhaps difficult, but perhaps it's a question whether some of the private companies should take their cue from some of the big companies such as Ørsted. And just over 10 
of the 60 countries where the company has its activities have now been reported. Perhaps it's not appropriate for F.L. Smith to give full country-by-country country reporting at the present stage, but we would, would like to thank the board for having taken our uh, proposal on board. That is positive. But we do need a discussion about this. Full transparency about tax patients will be uh, the norm in the long term, but you need to embark on the journey at some point, and we are happy to see that F.L. Smith has taken the first steps. Thank you to the many employees of the group, group for the job you do despite all the challenges. Fortunately, there are also solutions from time to time. We look forward to continuing the dialogue and we will follow, follow developments in your company closely in future. Thank you. Thank you, Charles Burrell from the Academics Pension Fund. Over to the chairman who will comment on that intervention. Yeah, thank you, Trolls Burrell, for your intervention. And certainly, F.L. Smith looks forward to continuing the dialogue with you. We appreciate your point of view, and we are pleased to hear that, um, that you acknowledge that we uh, really accepted your proposal from last year. We put it. Uh, into play. We increased our transparency on taxes. I'd say in general that the points of view that were presented, we pay a lot of attention to them. We uh, think also in light of what I said initially, we do believe we are quite clear about what we do in regard to the situation with Russia. Well, we look forward to continuing our dialogue with you, and we thank you for your commitment. Thank you. Does anyone else wish to speak? That is not the case. You have the opportunity now. But anyway, I'll go back. Oh, there was one person. Please come up here and speak from the restroom, please. I'm Alan Kierner, and I'm just a regular private investor. I keep my eyes on shares. I think FLS is a really interesting company, but I saw just recently there was a big bank, I think it was Bank of America, that said that they thought that looking at business trends, FL Smith was not in a good position. You have a different point of view. Would you like to explain? Because I, I think, uh, I mean, the result of that was that the share took a dip. So anyway, thank you. A brief, interesting question. I will have a comment in a little while. Does anyone else wish to speak? If not, I think the, uh, oh, Roland will comment, okay. Thank you. It is true that Bank of America had some different points of view concerning where the mining industry was headed. I don't think they said it was going down, but maybe they said that the cycle had topped out. Our expectation is that the mining industry is going up and will continue to go up. Russia puts a temporary damper on it. But over the next five to eight years, we do expect mining to grow three to six percent. And that's really one of the reasons why we've made a strategic acquisition with TK Mining. I think that was it for me. Thank you. So may I conclude? We have exhausted the debate. Does anyone wish to have the floor? That is not the case. So let me conclude on the individual items. The first item is the report of the board directors. There's no vote on that. There is a discussion about that. And when nobody else wishes to speak, uh, you have taken note of it. The second point uh, was uh, the second item on the agenda was the annual report for 2021. In principle, you can vote on that. I have not seen any opposition, so 
I consider the annual report as duly approved. The third item is fees to the board of directors. You have the final approval of the fee for, for 2021 for last year. It was presented last year for a, a prior approval, and then this year it's going to get the, the final approval. But it's unchanged, so I expect that that has been finally approved. And the second part is the provisional termination of the fee for this year, which will then be finally approved next year. And the proposal is unchanged fees. And no opposition there, so I'll conclude that that has also been duly adopted. Uh, item four, interesting to the shareholders, is a dividend. Dividend proposed three krona per share. Shareholders may decide to reduce that. Um, I don't think that anybody wants to do that, so I deem that to have been duly approved. Next item is five. That's the remuneration report uh, for 2021 for an advisory vote. It sounds intricate, but it's in legislation. There must be a remuneration report explaining how board and management have been paid. I mean, uh, if it wasn't adopted, uh, you know, you just have to explain next year what, what you have done. So there have been no questions on that. So I, we can consider that duly approved. Next item is the election of members of the board of directors. Article 12 of the Article Association says there must be five or eight members of the board elected by the AGM, and then we have the employee elected members. There are six members of the board elected by the AGM. It is proposed that it will be six again. And as we've heard, there are five re-elections and one new election. Re-elections, we have Tom Knudsen, Richard Robinson-Smith, Anna-Louisa Eberhardt, Julian Don Winkler, and Tras Moraitis, and then newly elected Mats Nipper. I have not received any other proposals, and as you understand, Vaughan Sørensen is not running this year. So I think we can congratulate the members of the board with being re-elected and newly elected. Thank you for the many years to Vaughan Sørensen. Next item on the agenda is item seven, election of company auditor. It is proposed to re-elect Ernst & Young, and the board is writing, as they must, that the audit committee has not been influenced by third parties in a way that, that their uh, choice has been restricted. So I conclude that that has also been duly adopted. Brings us to item eight. Those are the specific proposals from the board. First of all, we have two technical amendments to the remuneration policy. First of all, the wording used in relation to clawback, which means that you can demand money paid back if case in case they have not been duly paid out. I don't think anyone can possibly object to that. Only those that got the money but shouldn't have them have it. And then the possibility of deviate from the plan framework only on a temporary basis and only in extraordinary circumstances. I take it that this is not any kind of controversial issues, and it has also been available on the website for a long time. 8.2 is an amendment of the Articles of Association, and at the present stage, there are two authorizations to increase the share capital contained in the Articles of Association, one until the expiry of 2022 that was targeted in relation to the capital increase that has taken place, and the second one applies until 2026. Typically, you ask for such an authorization for a period of six years, which is m the maximum period possible under Danish company law. But one has now become superfluous and will lapse, and the other one will be extended by one year, which means that it will run to 2027. And the monetary limit is now 100 million. Previously, it was uh, a, a, an amount that left about 70 million. So are there any questions? Otherwise, I take it that the AGM has approved this 
And since this is the amendments that are amendment, there's a requirement of two thirds that were in favor. I think that has been complied with. Then there is the authorization, which is standard uh, item on the agenda for many companies concerning the acquisition of treasury shares. There's a holding limit, 10%. There, you can only have 10% uh, of treasury shares on your portfolio. And a price that cannot deviate from the official price by more than 10%. Right. I don't think that is any kind of controversial things here. So this brings us to item nine. Here we cannot make any resolutions. Nothing can be put to the vote, but you may ask for the floor if you wish to raise something. Any other businesses made for that kind of thing? Well, there are no requests for the floor, so uh, the resigning chairman will now speak to the AGM. Thank you very much, Klaus. First of all, thank you to you, Klaus, for having, as usual, steered us safely through the AGM. And uh, next, I'd like to thank all the shareholders who took the time to come here. Also, guests, thank you for coming. And thank you for several good contributions. And not least, thank you for the commitment and interest in our company that you generally have and the support that you give us. We appreciate it a great deal. So the meeting is adjourned. Thank you very much for coming and safe home journey.